Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians. Dropping back to throw Brady. Has all kinds of time. Throws a deep pass far sideline toward Godwin. It's caught. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome into the Bruce Arians Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. And first of all, congratulations on the win. And I just want to hear from you. What did you feel like was the most important part of this win? Because while we know they may count the same on the schedule at the end of the year, certain wins can can mean a, a different thing to the team at the time. Yeah, it was exactly what we needed. You know, we got off to a great fast start. The crowd got into it big time. Uh, Defensively, I thought we we played lights out the whole ball game, and uh, other than a couple plays here and there, I thought it was one of our best games of the year. And Mike Evans, uh, amazing night for him. He scored a touchdown in every single Monday night football game he's ever played, and we should lobby for more of those. Uh, <laughs> for sure. But he now got another one that was incredibly significant, breaking Mike Allstott's record. So for you, hearing that, you know, remembering Mike Allstott, and then what it means to have a receiver do it, and, and just what it says about Mike Evans. Yeah, dependability and, and uh, excellence. You know, you have to be available all the time to score that many touchdowns. So Mike's always there, and he's a great, great player. For a receiver to break a running back's record, especially the guy who's always got the ball on the goal line like, like the A-train did, uh, that, that says a lot. I mean, that's, that's a huge record to break. Well, I saw him also get his first career carry, and I was wondering if maybe this was you just making sure you were going to try to get him that record, you know, in case the wide receiver part wasn't working. But tell me about, there was just some uniqueness here. We had a couple back-to-back receiver runs. It felt like overall the game plan had some fun, creative aspects to it in the game. Tell us what some of the thought process was Yeah, there. I thought Byron had a good good plan, you know, just keep him off balance, especially early in this ball game. We've never run that play with Mike. It's always been A.B. or, or Dalen, and uh, looked good in practice. The heck, why not? Let's roll with it. Uh, the one to Chris, we've run a bunch of times, but again, it's been other players sometimes, but Chris is such a great player with the ball in his hands. Just get it to him any way you can. Yeah, and you mentioned scoring that touchdown on the opening drive. I mean, 73 yards in less than four minutes, never got to third down. Brady, and, and that drive plus a few others, completed his first 10 passes of the game. Six different players touching the ball in the first six plays. What was the thing that, for you, um, caused that first drive to be so successful? What was the shift from the last week where things got off to a bit of a slower start? Yeah, we, we, we did a bunch of no huddle in this ball game. We've been practicing for a couple of weeks, and uh, even though it was a cool crowd, what temperature-wise for Floridians is still hot for New Yorkers, <laughs> yeah, and right. uh, try to gas them out as, as soon as we could, get that pass rush slowed down. And Godwin ended up with a touchdown on that drive, um, you know, 65 yards uh, for him. What did you see from his performance, that touchdown, and, and out of him? I think he got targeted six times, had six catches. That's Chris, you know. Yeah. The ball's not going to hit the ground very often when you throw it to him, and uh, just such an explosive player inside and outside. I know that there was the the one interception that bounced off of Mike. Uh, what did you see from that play? And I'm sure not something that you're expecting out of, out of Mike. Yeah, it, it was a running play, and uh, that's for one of our bailouts, you know. And uh, there's a little miscommunication between Tyler and Mike, who was getting that ball. We had thrown it earlier to Chris, and Tyler was, should have gone to go block. He kind of threw his hand up, and I think blinded Mike. And uh, and it they have to be thrown hard out there because we were trying to get five or six yards like an outside running play, and it just bounced off. And you, you never throw that pass thinking of an interception ever. Right, yeah. And I know that you know, we've talked so much about injuries so far this season, and 
Um, thankfully, one of the areas that had not been affected, offensive line, and we saw Allie go down with an injury. First of all, do you have much of an update in, on him and what we think the prognosis of that could be? It's an oblique injury, so it's just going to be a matter of how sore he is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, hopefully we'll have him for the game, but we, we don't know. But Aaron Stenny, we've got a ton of confidence in. He'll go out and play a heck of a game. And what did you see from Stenny stepping in for him mid-game? Did a heck of a job, and um, just like he did last year when Alex got hurt. And uh, So, yeah, we, we always, whether it's Josh Wells, whoever it is, whoever the next man up is, they're ready to go. And overall, the offensive line performance from, I know Brady didn't get sacked. Um, what did you see from their performance both in the pass and run game? I thought it was fantastic. The one holding penalty on, on Tristan was kind of iffy, but uh, that, that negated a huge, huge player. That would have been another touchdown right before half. Well, and speaking of penalties, it's something I know has been such a focus for you guys on the team, and, and not just penalties, but overall um, the intelligence of, of playing the game and the mental errors and all that. How did you feel like that was overall with this game? Because you've said it's not all penalties that mm -hmm. are going to be the thing that bother you so much. So between the penalties and mental errors at large, how did you feel this game? Oh, this is one of the cleanest games we've had. We had we had a couple penalties that, are, that negated some big plays, but um, you know Tristan's hold. And, and a substitution thing that shouldn't have happened. But uh, other than that, I think mental air-wise, we were really low. Energy was great, and uh, I thought our execution was outstanding. Is there any way to tell what helped cause that when I know that you had talked about so many of these things coming out of the bye week and then they still weren't where you wanted in the Washington football game. So, And then you talked about even the practices had been so great, but then it didn't show up on Sunday. Now, to have had it show up in the game and be what you guys have been harping on, could you tell what helped with that shift to be able to, to keep doing it? <laughs> Being at home. <laughs> that helps a bunch. When everybody can hear, especially when we're running no huddle offensively, and you can all communicate and hear. And defensively, we've done a good job of, of playing well with crowd noise and feeding off that energy and, and doing the hand signals and things. You can't hear each other, but you can know the body language and everybody's communicating well. And we've got to take that on the road. And speaking of knowing how to communicate well, uh, Brady and Gronk, you know, they got a good thing going there. And uh, what did you see from having Gronk back now, what it means to Brady, what it means to the offense at large, and just how he can change the entire flow of the offense? Well, yeah, that's a big target and, and, and a heck of a player. But when, when things are quite synced perfectly, I was like, where's Gronk? Yeah. And there he comes running across big target over the middle, and mm -hmm. there's 37-yard pass. So Tom has great confidence in Rob, and, uh, and Rob's a hell of a player. And what was the process of him coming back in terms of with this injury, how you decided when he was going to be ready and how much you wanted to use him in that point? Yeah, he looked really good in practice this week. He had no setbacks, and uh, it was like, let's keep him around 30. He ended up playing 40 plays, but uh, it was it was a good good stretch for him. He got gassed once or twice, but uh, I thought Rick Christopher did a great job substituting those tight ends. And with him being in there, you know, as we saw the very opening play, you know, O.J. gets a 10-yard catch, you know, when you're opening this two tight end set, even the plays that Gronk doesn't end up being involved in, how do you see it affect what the other guys are able to do? Yeah, Gronk took double coverage. They both ran with him on the corner route, and O.J.'s wide open in the flat, easy throw and catch for a first down. And take us through uh, Rojo's touchdown right after uh, one of Gronk's big catches. Yeah, great job by Alex Kappa. We double teamed, got, crushed the edge down, and Cap pulled out and got a good block, and Rojo used his speed, just took it to the corner. I know that that big 35-yarder by Gronk felt like it was a pretty big momentum shift. Did it feel like that was one of maybe the most defining plays of the game in terms of where we were at? Definitely. I think that, that was like 
we had some momentum. It was kind of lulled a little bit, and then boom, there it was, and, and, and we go down and score. That, to me, that was, that was the icing on the cake. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians, and John Lynch got honored at halftime for his Hall of Fame ring and, uh, you know, had a couple of the other uh, – Pretty big name guys in the Buccaneers franchise out there with him, and I just I know you were busy, busy at halftime, didn't get to see the whole honoring, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on getting to be a part of this franchise while he's getting honored, and what you remember about him as a player. Oh gosh, playing against him so many times, and a great great player. I mean, he symbolizes what the NFL stands for, in my, in my opinion. Just played hard, smart, um, great football player, but even better person. And then I know in this game we had uh, Brashad Perriman ended up with with a few catches, and I, I wanted to hear what you thought of him coming back and you know picking up the offense again after a pretty short turnaround of when he signed with the team to being asked to go in and make some plays. I know they, they also missed that one hopeful touchdown to him, but just so overall his his performance, that play, and some of the other catches that he the made. The touchdown would have put it over the top because it was a really good performance, but he can make that play. He knows he can, and he wants that one back. Yeah. And uh, so we'll just keep putting him out there and see what happens. But uh, BP is a heck of a football player and we're really glad to have him back. What are some of the specific skills he brings that made him a guy that when there were some other injuries, you thought, yeah, this is a guy that could really help us? Well, he, you know, he's big, but he's really fast. And, and that's a great combination, but he'll block. And he, he's a good route runner over the middle. And, um, you know, the way he finished that last year with us with three 100-yard games, he's always stood out in my mind as a complete football player. And I know that we talked about the creative things that you guys did on offense, and now I feel like you're going to have to call runs for Brady now, right? You're going to this is he's going to turn into the primary back, right? Not, not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. Um, I wanted to hear what what you noticed on that play and and watching 44 year old Brady run and then even kind of high step out of the tackle there. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a hurdle. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, he saw it open, and uh, it was man to man coverage, split safety. So was, I, he's like, heck, I got it. And uh, did a heck of a job pulling through that tackle. And then I, I would have liked to see him get down a little sooner. And we've uh, activated Scotty Miller from IR. And I, I want to hear what you are hoping for from him and, and the process of bringing him back, what, what that could mean to the offense. And now you, you have brought in Brashad Perriman and still not quite sure on AB status. What, what you're hoping that Scotty Miller could bring? Well, just like he always has, deep threat, guy that can come in and make plays for us and uh, – see if we can get him active and uh but we, we know down the stretch there's going to be some more injuries and uh so we definitely want to get scotty up and ready to roll what did you think was the maybe most important thing that you saw from the offensive side of the ball in this game that you had been wanting to see or that the, the significance of what you want to keep repeating moving forward uh making fir- making first downs on first and second down not getting into a bunch of third downs i thought that first drive was perfect and uh well but you did we were, we were close to 50 percent on third down could have done a little bit better job in the red zone, but I, I just like the consistency of which way we move the football. And how about Fournette? What did you think? We talked about Rojo's touchdown. Uh, what did you see from from Leonard's game? He was very solid. You know, he had a good good game pass protection wise, run the football wise, good really good job in the screen game. Had the one big one called back, but uh, you know that that uh, that's been Lenny now for about four or five weeks. With the Washington football game, uh, talked a lot about the inability to get off the field on defense on third down, and then now. Giants were one of nine on third down efficiency. That's got to be music to your ears. Oh, no doubt. And two of three on fourth down. So those were huge, huge stops. And, and getting off the field defensively, I mean, we take pride in that. And I think our guys were a little bit embarrassed from that, that drive against Washington. And, uh, and they, answered the, they answered the bell and 
hopefully we'll, we'll continue that way this week in Indianapolis. Yeah, outside of just uh, them taking pride in it and, and that aspect, was there anything tangible that you saw as to what the big difference was in their ability to get off the field? Well, having Sean back, we were able to play a little bit more man-to-man and, uh, and mix the coverages up. And I thought our disguises were outstanding, but uh, Todd had a great game plan and uh, we got good pressure, continuous pressure on the quarterback all night. And when you're hearing that Saquon Barkley is going to be playing and Vita Vea is not, that doesn't always sound like the, the greatest combination of factors there. But held Barkley to 25 yards rushing and uh, just wanted to hear overall the, the run defense and what you guys were able to do against him. Yeah, we, we, everybody always forgets about Nacho and, and uh, Raheem. <laughs> Except Nunez for people Rochez. here who can yes, hear him, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, he's been great for us run stopping. Will Golston, Steve McClendon went in and had a heck of a ball game. So uh, they picked it up for Vita and hopefully we'll have Vita back this week. Okay, yeah, we got to talk about the McClendon interception. This is great. This is a play that will go down in, in Buccaneer history here, that he is now the, I believe, uh, oldest defensive player in the league maybe and the second oldest player ever to get their first interception of their career. I love those stats. Uh, what did you think when you saw that play? First of all, what gave him that interception and then what went through your mind? Yeah, he great film study. He read the play, dropped back and uh, into that throwing lane. It was a sprint out to the right and throw it back to the tight end. Steve read it perfectly and hit him right in the stomach and he held on to it. And uh, we've got to work on his run after the catch now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, for, for the next one that'll be coming. <laughs> um, so tell us about the process with Vita. I know he did kind of go out and was maybe, you know, warming up a little bit before the game. I mean, to go from where he was getting carted off the field last week to him even remotely being out there doing anything is, is great. But uh, what was the process like of when you guys knew he wasn't going to be going? Uh, really, it was the warm-up. Uh, he looked good, but it was, there wasn't the confidence mm-hmm. that, that we needed to see in him. He didn't practice all week. We knew the other two guys would step up in this ball game, and there was no sense putting him out there and, and tweaking it anyway because we're going to need him down the stretch. And you mentioned what uh, Sean Murphy bunting coming back meant in terms of some of the different things you could do on defense with him back. Uh, tell me just overall about his performance in the game and what you had hoped he would bring after, I mean, he's missed a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So how did he perform compared to maybe what you even would have hoped for or expected after that? Way better than I even anticipated. Uh, I mean, he, he punched the ball out with that arm, created a fumble right before half. I think that gave him a ton of confidence, but he played with great confidence all night. And uh, he had two good, really, really good weeks of practice, but I wasn't hoping 58 plays. I was watching him early and it's like, He's fine. Let him go. <laughs> yeah, he's got the freshest legs of anybody on the team, you know. Um, and and Devin, another huge game from him after we had talked about the idea of the, the big splash plays. Uh, tell us about his performance and what impressed you the most. Oh, just sideline to sideline again. Um, doing a great job on the read option and, and, and just playing good pass defense. And uh, rushing the passer, he's outstanding at. We know that. But uh, I would have liked to, he tipped that ball and caused the interception. I thought he was going to one-hand that thing and take it to the house. So he's probably wanting that one back. Well, and of course it went to Mike Edwards. <laughs> of course, of, of course it did. Is that what you end up saying on the <laughs> oh, sideline when yeah. you see this? It's Mike's ball. Yeah, that's it. He, nobody else gets it's, it's his. He lets everybody play with it for a little while, but then that's got to go. Well, I mean, can you at this point say – it, it obviously seems like it can't be coincidence at this point. No, it's not. What is he doing that is putting him in that position that even when, when other guys are like Devin are trying, trying to get it for themselves? Yeah, ever since Mike's been here, he's been a ball hawk. I mean, anything that's tipped, batted, he catches it and he's, he's gone, you know, and uh, so keep it up. Yes, yeah. Three interceptions, which leads the team, even though he's only playing 54% of the snaps. That's really incredible. Um, and how about your outside linebackers? I know that particularly with JPP and Shaq, uh, you had said the last game was not their best performance. They knew that. You had made sure they knew that as well. Um, what did you see from from the two of them this last game? Oh, really good pressure. 
nonstop, and then Anthony Nelson, Cam Gill come in and get sacks. That whole group, Joe Tryon played inside a bunch in this game and, uh, and got his snap count up where we, we want to keep it up there around 30 plays a game. And uh, as a group, I thought they, they just hounded Daniel Jones all night. Yeah, and Joe Tryon Trinka, I mean, is he at this point, we've seen, you know, you mentioned you've played him all sorts of places. Sometimes he's split out. Sometimes he's, you know, down their hand in the dirt. And is he basically just making you guys have to find ways to put him on the field? There's no doubt. Yeah, he's uh, he's earned every single right. And uh, Todd's getting very creative now and where we're using him, how we're using him. He does so many different things. And he's a bright, bright player. You mentioned Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill, uh, especially Cam Gill. This was his, ironically, his, his only other sack had been a half one in the Super Bowl. This is now his first regular season sack. Um, with both of those guys, what have you seen out of them, and, and particularly Anthony now having uh, two in, in two games? Uh, just continued growth. You know, see, he didn't practice every single day. Anthony using that length. His toolbox is getting a little bit better as far as his pass rush moves. And, uh, and Cam Gill, he's a high-effort player. So, all right, Colts, I got to know, is there any sentimentality for you whenever you go up against a, a team that gave you a, a shot at that head coaching role first? Oh, yeah, I've, I've been a Colts fan my whole life. I grew up Baltimore Colts fan, so there's always a little blue horseshoe in there. And uh, so, yeah, I've got a great fondness for the Ursay family and the Indianapolis Colts. So tell me on their offense. I mean, of course, the team overall, you know, starting off 0-3, and, and then now they seem like a very different team than then. So... Overall with the team, what are the biggest things that you've seen that have brought them to where they are now, where they're looking like they could be a playoff contender after starting 0-3? Yeah, their offensive line is healthy. And, and they are, this may be the best offensive line we've seen since Dallas and uh, maybe better. And then Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's just a tremendous back. He can do it all. Not only is he big and fast, he can catch, he can block, he can do everything. They've got weapons outside. Carson Wentz is playing really, really good. And, and they're creating a lot of turnovers on defense. That's one thing we got to watch. And so with Carson Wentz, what are some of the unique challenges that he presents? Again, he's a mobile guy. You know, he, he'll pull it down, he'll run with it, uh, and uh, he'll, he'll take chances. The one thing about him, he'll, take, he'll try to fit it in there because he's got a great arm, and uh, sometimes he gives you a chance to get the ball, and uh, we got to take – if he, we get our hands on him, we got to catch him. And then how about on the defensive side of things for them? What are the biggest things to look out for? Speed. I mean, they're fast, and uh, especially that front seven. Uh, Darius Leonard is one of the best linebackers in the game. Buckner, they got a good front and a uh, very active front. And uh, they're not real complicated, but they're very, very good at what they do. You mentioned earlier in the show the idea of needing to do this now on the road. What no. do you think have you seen is, is the biggest difference in the home versus away? And so, therefore, how do you try to, as a head coach, put some things in place to help it translate on the road? Well, the biggest thing is penalties and turnovers. You know, those have been the boogaboo on the road, and uh, eliminate those, we're in every game. Then now it is Thanksgiving week, so tell me, for you, go-to Thanksgiving traditions, foods, things that you love about it, and how it's been different as a head coach of the NFL, where Thanksgiving a lot of times is a work day. Yeah, we, we try to always have a, you start at seven, get everybody out of the building by one, so they can be with their families, and uh, for me, it was always going out playing football, and then coming back in and eating everything I could eat, uh, but... Uh, Stuffing was always my favorite thing, and just eat a whole plateful of it. I love it. That's great. Well, Coach, happy Thanksgiving, and good luck in this next week's game. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. Coming up on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health, is inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. It's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers, Jamal Dean! Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. 
We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, joined by inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. Coach, thanks for being with me. Oh, thanks for having me. And congratulations on the win. Uh, even before we got on here, we were talking about it felt like a one that the team needed, that each each game is typically counts the same on the record books, but some maybe feel a little bit more important at times than the others. Oh, without a doubt. Getting a win in the NFL is something special. And when you miss out on it for a couple of weeks, it uh, makes it even more special. For you guys going into this game, knowing, you know, especially Saquon Barkley and, and the talent there, that um, and how much pride you take in the run defense as a, as a group, um, how happy were you to be able to hold him to, to 25 yards rushing and just the overall the, the run defense from the game? Well, that was part of it. We knew that they were going to come in and try to run the ball and to get back on track and get the victory, we had to stop the run and. We uh, did a good job of it. I know that after the bye week, Coach Arians had talked about how things were great at practice, that mm -hmm. that whole week they were amazing, and he was amazed that then they didn't show up on Sunday against the Washington football team. What seemed to change then after that? Did you guys as coaches try to do anything, or did the team, you know, were, the, were the players the ones that came together to make sure that what happened during the week did translate to the game? I think uh, the players, you couldn't ask any more of them because the last two weeks of practice was phenomenal. And then to go out there and not get the job done, you could go back and then look at it. Then this week we just focused on the little things, small details, and took care of those, and it worked out for us. Devin in particular was a guy that we know how capable he is of huge splash plays, that it's not even just the, the little things, as you mentioned, or you know that sometimes we don't even all notice, that he's a guy that typically you notice him in some big plays, and he hadn't had as many of those in the start of the season in ways that showed up on the stat sheet as much. Um, and then the Washington football game, and then now this week, just a couple really important big plays and, and big games for him. Uh, what excited you the most about his performance in these last two games in particular? Just the consistency. You can see that his play speed is starting to pick up. Uh, it's that time of year where it's starting to pick up. He's been playing well, but now it's like he's taking it to a whole nother level. And that's what you have to do. Being a captain and being the leader on a team, uh, it's time to step up uh, once we get, you know, November, late November, December, and on and on. But he's, uh, he's playing fast, and uh, he's in a good spot right now. Well, and that's really encouraging when maybe sometimes this is the time of year that you can start to slow down because of just your body starting to feel it or you've played a bit. So for his speed to be picking up, for that kind of, of attitude of, of the way he's playing to pick up, I feel like that's got to be a pretty cool sign. Well, with Devin, he's a little different. I think that's, he, yeah, that's probably in a lot of ways. <laughs> that, that's a good way to, to put it. Uh, he's a little different. Uh, he can run all day, stronger than Ox. Uh, he's just, uh, he's built that way. And I try to take him out of practice. Coach, let me get the reps. Let me get the reps. I'm like, whoa, he's getting into the later part of the season. Let me get the reps. Let me get the reps. And that's the, that's the thing about him. He brings so much energy and excitement for the game. It's a, a joy for me to coach. And, you know, his play on the field speaks for itself. And how about his uh, his tipped ball for the interception for Mike Edwards? Tell us about that play a little bit. Well, we were talking in the meeting room, and he was like, I'm not going to tip any ball for anybody. I'm catching everything. I'm catching everything. <laughs> and then he goes out there and tips it. Well, uh, we made a play of the defense, which was good, but uh, the guy's going to get on him, and I'll, I'll join in on it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I love it. See, this is what I love about hearing about y'all's meeting rooms. It's not just about what guys did in terms of a good or a bad play. It's, it's about being able to – the bragging rights and oh, giving each other grief. Oh, definitely. We're trying to get back to it one hand Friday, just go out there, who can catch the most ball with one hand. And it's a competition. That's, a, that's what we're about. Uh, whenever you step on the field or anything you do in life, it's about comp competing. And, you know, that's just uh, one aspect of it. That's cool. Okay, who's the best at that? 
Well, right now, I would say Grant is the reigning champion. Wow. But Devin, Avante, they both would do a good job. KJ and uh, Kevin, they're, uh, they're a little bit in the they back back burners. But, need uh, a little work. Yeah, need a little bit of work. But right now, I think Grant's the defending champion. Wow, I like that. That's a fun. And I know Levante also sometimes has fielded like punts and, and kicks maybe in practice as well. <laughs> I, I need to know your thoughts on this. Is this also something just for fun or is he lobbying for, for a job here? Well, I, I don't think he's lobbying for a job. I think uh, it's just more so that he's such a good athlete. He's letting everybody know that. He's, I that, could. he's that guy. Yeah, if I, if I wanted to get back there, I could get back there. That's amazing. <laughs> We're talking inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. And of course, Devin ends up tipping it to Mike Edwards, mm -hmm. like of all the people. I've got to know, why is he always the guy that he now leads the team in interceptions playing half the snaps? We were talking as coaches. I think uh, Mike has a lucky rabbit foot in his pocket <laughs> because he's always around the ball. It's uh, something uh, coming out of college. You can see that he's a guy that's back there and he's a ball hawk. So when you're like that, uh, you know, good things just happen and that ball finds him. For Devin in particular, some of his plays he seems to get the most excitement out of and that we love watching is around his blitzing ability. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about why he has been able to be successful in that area and, and just what it takes for an inside linebacker to be good at that. I think uh, first off, when you, we talk about him being different, most inside linebackers want to make tackles, want to get interceptions. He really loves going after the quarterback. And the thing about him, he has a knack for doing it. His clothing speed is special. You get close to him, uh, he's going to get there. We he had three quarterback hits yesterday, didn't get him down to the ground. But we love to send him after the quarterback, and uh, he does a good job of getting after him. It's so crazy to realize how young he still is and how much players still tend to improve after this point mm -hmm. in their career. So what do you think are the things that you can still say he could improve in or what his, I don't know, maybe what his ceiling is, what his potential is. I would never put a ceiling on him because he has so much talent. But with me right now, I'm just trying to get him formation recognition, seeing things over and over. Just like you said, he's a young player and he's seen things because he's in his third year. But right now it's just that it needs to be like I'm opening up my door to my car. It's so natural for me just to see it over and over again. But He's, uh, he's doing a good job learning, and he's just expanding his game with uh, the mental part of it. Where have you seen his areas of growth than the most since his rookie year coming in, both mentally, physically, just all the different aspects of the game? If you look back at, at rookie Devin to now, what do you think would be the biggest things we'd notice? The biggest thing I notice is leadership. You're the Mike linebacker. You're supposed to be the guy in charge. When he first got here, he took that role. Now everyone looks to him mm. as that guy. You know, he puts that on his shoulders and he's carrying it for us as a defense and for the team. Like, he's a guy that gets us going. We depend on him to get us going. Again, you talk about the youth. He's still a young guy. So, yeah, he's expected to have that energy. And he brings it day in and day out. And when you see him on the field, uh, it spills over to other guys. Yeah, I did want to hear what it is about how he acts on and off the field that did earn him that captain role so early, so young. I, I think it's just his personality. He's a guy that is going to work hard. He loves football, and he's gonna. He wants to be successful. That just you see that. And when you got a guy out there that's doing everything that coaches ask him to do, the weight, the strength staff, nutrition, he's doing everything that everybody wants. Guys see that. They'll they'll follow that. And, I mean, what a role model to have in the room with him, Levante David, same thing. How have you seen Levante rub off on Devin? I think 
talking about the leadership, now that's the number one leader there. It's you can call him the OG, <laughs> but he's the guy that everyone on the team looks to because he's been here the longest and he's still playing at such a high level. And for Devin to have him in the room, we you know you always talk about the big brother, but he's showing him the way. It's a competition because like who's going to be the guy, and it's it's weekly like. I'm going to make more plays than you. I'm going to make more tackles. And it goes back and forth, and they just feed off each other. I know that we talk about groups like the offensive line, how important who you play next to is and the chemistry of that. What is that for for inside linebackers? For Devin and Levante, what are the ways that they each affect each other on the field, separate from just you know learning the leadership type of role? How, does, how do they impact the kind of game the other one can have on the field? I think they both have a calming effect for both each other. Devin's out there with Levante. Levante takes a little bit off his plate as far as if Devin has to make four calls on a play, Levante might make one, and then vice versa. When Levante's covering, it allows Devin to blitz. Devin's covering, it allows Levante to blitz. So they feed off each other, but the main thing is they trust each other, and they know where each other is going to be, and they just go out there, and it's fun to watch them. Yeah, Levante has now started 145 games, which means he's now tied for the fourth most in franchise history, the only Bucks with more starts, Rondé Barber, Derek Brooks, and Paul Gruber. It's quite a, quite a list of people there. Just speak to his consistency, I guess, in that sense of what, he's, what you can tell, having not been here for his entire tenure, but what he's meant to this franchise, to this defense, and the fact that he does show up so consistently. When, when you get here, like you see that a guy is not recognized nationally, and he's underestimated nationally because we know the value he has here, you know, just dating back for his whole career. He's been a exceptional linebacker, and it just continues. To be able to do it for that long and do it at that level says something about him. He's, again, a guy that studies the game. That's, that's the main thing about Levante. He's going to study the game, and he's able to line up everyone, get everybody else in their spots. And his play of cause fumbles, big splash plays, to do it for that long, it's incredible. Yeah, he's with forced fumbles the way Mike Edwards is with interceptions, I feel like. that every time it happens, I'm like, of course it's Levante. Of course it's Levante. Um, tell us a little bit about some of those aspects of him that have been um, underappreciated and just some of the true like detail X's and O's things that you know as a coach who watches him all the time that we don't always appreciate. First off would be coverage. When, as a linebacker's coach, you – Focus on the tight ends and the running backs. Well, we got a big matchup this week. Well, they're the good tight end in, the, on, in our division. We're a good tight end in the league. We have a guy that we trust, we can put on him, and you hardly hear about him. Like yesterday, you can see it over and over. His coverage, I don't think he, there's a ball caught on him. And as a coaching staff, when you're able to do that and really take away one person, it's not like having a, a shutdown corner out there. That tight end in the game, we don't have to worry about him for the rest of the game because we know 54th on him, and he's going to be successful. All right. Well, we still have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health with inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access. Hot ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown! Brought to you by Advent Health. What an answer by Brady in the box! With head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips.
We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We are with inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell, and uh, we were just enjoying singing the praises of, of both Devin and Levante. I feel like you, you've just got to love being their coach, that as a position coach, to have guys like them has got to just be like Christmas morning that you've, you've gotten the presents that everybody wants. Yeah, whenever you have guys that are talented and have so much impact on the game, offense, defense, and uh, just for the whole team, it's, it's really a great responsibility for me. Cause I got to make sure that, you know, I stay out of the way, don't overcoach them, and go out there and let their natural abilities take over. And especially, it's funny about my room, I have three captains in the room. Kevin Minner, special team captain, and Levante. And I got two young guys that they're in a perfect position because they're learning from guys that have been there and they're able to absorb it all. And I tell those guys all the time, just you're the energy guys. When we intercept it, you need to be the first one on that boat. You need to be captain on the boat, rowing the boat because your youth and your excitement is going to spill over to the team. And I think uh, Grant and KJ, they're doing a good job of being energizing bunnies. Yeah, I, say, I think I have, remember seeing Grant rowing one of those boats. So I think that that <laughs> definitely got taken to heart for them. Um, you brought up the idea of not overcoaching them. And I've always thought this is such an interesting idea of um, what your role as a position coach is and what is the overcoaching? What is the undercoaching? What What do you feel like? We, we hear about Coach Bowles and his scheme in a lot of ways. So what do you feel like is your role in your room with those guys? As a former player, you want information, but you don't want so much information that it clogs your brain. I sit there and I try to just weekly just give them certain things to look for and understand that I never want to take away from their reaction or their natural instincts. So just let them go out there and play. If I see something here or there, I'll chime in and they'll come to me with, Coach, well, what do you think I need to do here? And then I can give them an answer real quick. But for the most part, it's just go out there and let your natural instincts, your natural ability take over. And I know that when it comes to those guys, they've got to also make your job a lot easier when it comes to both, both for you and Coach Bowles of – the coaching, the scheming, what all you can do with them. Because I know I know, Coach Bowles has talked a lot about um, scheming for the players you have, not trying to square peg, round hole it. But with guys like Devin and Levante, it seems like it would give you a whole bag of tricks that you could play with in a lot of ways. So how do you feel like um, he has schemed for them? How have they impacted the scheme he can do? How have you seen that relationship work? I think when you have good players, it's a, it's a task for a coach to understand that you want to use them, but you also want to use them in a way that you can let the other players get off. Just like a point guard in basketball. They're, they're going to get the ball to the, in the people's hands that need to be gotten into. Then after that, they can take over and score when they need to score. So we know that they can make plays. We just want to make sure everyone else is in the game and making plays before we can turn it over to them and let them go do what they do. And so on the flip side, how does bowl scheme fit each of them well? What are the things that he likes to do that have set the two of them up for success? I think we're attacking defense, and when you have attacking linebackers, we have Devin and Levante, the speed, the agility to be able to attack a running back, attack a quarterback, is something that as a coach you, you hardly ever see. And then on the flip side, a flip side of that, if you need them to cover, and take someone out of the game, you can do that and go double somewhere else or roll coverage somewhere else because you trust that they can take one guy and take him out of the game. 
And and as a former player and then also as a position coach, what do you think are the things that you would have enjoyed or do enjoy about being a part of Coach Bull's scheme? What are the things that excite players about what he does and, and get them to be really um, bought in? The main thing about the system is everyone has a chance to shine. Everyone can shine. It's not just one position group. You can have a cornerback blitz in, uh, defense line dropping in coverage. We had uh, Steve McClendon had an interception yesterday. So everyone has the opportunity to show their talents. And I think Coach does a great job of just putting people in position to take advantage of what they do well. That's perfect. I, I imagine that now I'm going to help you have your ammunition to make fun of Devin later, that here he just tipped the ball, but Steve <laughs> McClendon got an interception. Is, is that going to help here? Well, the first answer uh, after that would be, Devin's going to say, I was the one pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, of course. Either way, he's still going <laughs> to yeah, take credit, yes, yes. Which, I, which I was going to bring up. And that's the thing. He gets to be involved in so many plays that may not show up on his stat sheet. Um, but, yeah, I, and I also – the communication aspect is so big. You brought up the mic um, idea earlier. And just explain how the communication works through your guys, the role that they play as quarterbacks of the defense, and how that works from coaches to players to getting the message out. Just take us through that communication aspect. I think first off, uh, Devin has a green dot. So when he, when Coach Bowles radios the uh, call into him, he has to communicate it to the whole defense. While that's going on, Levante is – scanning the offense, looking at the formation, trying to understand and communicate to everyone else what play is coming. So that, that's a big thing. Um, when you're able to see what the offense is trying to do to you and help other guys, what route's about to come, that's where his leadership really shows up. And then Devin, with the headset, Coach Bowles has so many different defenses and so many different schemes that it's tough on him to be able to uh, relay them, but he does a good job of understanding what coach actually wants done. He uh, spends the time and studies and understands that, you know, every call is not made for every situation. And he's starting to learn that in certain situations, Coach Bowles would want this and he gets it done. That's incredible. We're talking inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. And when it comes to that communication, um, and you, you said how important it is for especially Levante's reading the offense and what that's going to mean. Tell us a little bit about film study in your room. What are the little things that you guys are looking at about what an offense does, some of the stuff that you can take from film? Like you said, you don't ever want to overload the players. So what are your priorities as you watch film that can really help them? Well, really just in general, just get a feel for what to anticipate from a certain formation uh, of running backs, alignment, uh, receivers in alignment, then just how the offensive line are aligned. Just, just certain things that enable you to just anticipate just a half step, uh, half step quicker. But the main thing is we understand that we understand what our, our job is and whatever the offense does, we have a rule that will take care of whatever the offense does. We just have to be able to anticipate what they're going to do and that enables us to play fast. I know that we always talk about how the defense is such a unit, that the front end and the back end each really impact each other. So when there have been so many injuries, particularly in the secondary, how did that affect you guys or, or what you felt like maybe you needed to do out there to try to help shore that group up? Or, you know, just what, what has that been like this year to, to deal with as compared to last year when the team at large was just so healthy all year? I, I think it shows our growth because – we have been able to stick different pieces in and you know you're used to playing a certain way and then you lose 
certain guys at certain positions, so you can't play that way anymore. So I think just being able to be flexible and coach being able to put people in position to make plays even though they're unable to make plays the way they've been doing it for the last couple of years. So just in general, being able to understand what you have to work with, what you have to work with, and being able to work with it. And then how about the defensive line? I know, especially because of the fact you, that your guys are asked to play a pretty big role in both blitzing and the run game at times. How has our defensive line set you guys up for success? What are the ways that you've, you've worked well with them and the way that their play can influence what your guys can do? It, it, it goes hand in hand. Um, they keep guys off us and we correct their mistakes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm we, sure that yes. might, that's totally how the defensive line would look at yes. it. I'm sure they would say things exactly the same way. We, we have a saying, uh, make them right. So if they're in one gap and they see something, they go in the other gap, we're three or four yards behind them. So whatever gap they're in, you make them right and go into the other gap. So it goes hand in hand. So they keep big linemen off of us and we're able to help them get into the right gap. I I wish I'd known this when, you know, we we had Casey Rogers on last week and I'm like, man, I wish I'd known this to be able to be like, oh, is this how you guys look at it? I'm sure. Um, So how about, you know, having guys like Vita and Sue um, and when you're missing somebody like Vita, uh, how does that change just what you see out there from the whole front seven of of explain just the importance of a presence like him and then the other D-line overall for you guys? When when you have a player like Vita that, commands so much attention from the offensive line, it helps us out because if they're not blocking him, then we're going to make the play. Now, if they start blocking him, we're still going to make the play. (laughs) (laughs) But but the thing thing about Vita is you understand that he's such a talent that teams try to run the ball, but we can roll coverage a certain way because we understand that it's going to take two or three guys to try to block him, and then we can fit where needed. So it's a, it's a really uh, advantage for us to be able to play behind someone like that. And then other guys, Will Golston, um, he's, a play, he a guy, he's a guy that doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he's our guy that's taking on double teams, holding blocks, making big plays. Same thing with Sue and Nacho. It's a great group that, you know, they allow us to run. And when we're unable to run, they'll make the play. And how would you explain how you guys have been able to be so consistent in the run defense? I mean, once you're number one in the league in anything, it's hard to do that for very long or back-to-back years. You guys have now had such success with it the entire time that this coaching staff has been here. What do you credit that to? I think, uh, first of all, the scheme. Coach Bowles uh, has a great scheme to stop the run. Then. Coach Rogers, like you talked to him last week, his technique and his focus on run game every week is extraordinary. He has the D-line prepared, and we look at it as a challenge. That's what we're going to do. We're going to stop the run, then get after the quarterback. And everyone knows you can't get after the quarterback until you stop the run. So the players have bought into it, and it's just something that they hang their hat on. They'll look at it like, we're going to hold this guy under this amount of yards, and they go out there and they try to do it, and they compete. And... This worked well for us. All right, well, we still have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health with inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We have inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell with us. 
you know, we bragged so much about Devin and Levante for good reason, but you do have other guys in the room. You, you briefly brought up a few of them earlier in the show, but wanted to kind of give them their, their moment and their due. So first of all, Kevin Minter, um, he's definitely been called upon a few different times because of injury, and you mentioned he's a special teams captain. Um, what does he add to your room, both when he is being asked to play on defense and when he is more in just his special teams role? Uh, Kevin, he's a, he's a professional. He understands his role. He, he accepts his role, and he shines in his role. Like I was telling the coach staff, I think we're 4-0 with him as a starter. Wow. Including a wild card, wild card, wild card game last wow. year. Wow, yeah. So, you know, when he goes in there, no one bats an eye. You know, you love Levante, you love, De- uh, love Devin, but when Mint has, has to step in, he's going to go in there and he's going to play the game the way he plays the game, and he's had a bunch of success for it. Yeah, there's not going to be some glaring of, oh, man, now we got somebody else in here. No, he's, he's a guy, he's, he's a veteran that commands a huddle, makes the calls, and he's out there and he makes his plays. And then now you got your, your two young guys you mentioned. So, uh, K.J. Britt, tell us a little bit about why you guys wanted to draft him. What do you remember about watching his college tape and uh, the things that you think made the scouting department take notice and that made you say, yeah, this is a guy I would want here? You, you look at K.J., and he's kind of in the mold of Kevin. He's a physical downhill linebacker, and you saw him making the plays in college. And the thing, once you get to know him and you bring him in here, he's a guy that his personality is perfect for any, any team. He's a guy that everyone loves to talk to. There's, I don't think there's anyone on the team that he hasn't uh, spent a bunch of time with. He's a guy that talks to him, and he has a smile on his face. He loves the work, and he does a good job for us. And then I know that Grant Stewart, I mean, this is a guy that I, I, first of all, have seen that now he's in a national commercial, and I couldn't wait to hear uh, if this is something that your room, I I imagine knowing what I know, that there's going to be some some grief thrown his way for this now. It already happened. Uh, I was watching one of the games on Sunday, and I saw the commercial. I pulled out my phone and sent the text to the, we have a group text, and they all hit me back. And so we're expecting some Uber Eats. Yeah, uh, obviously, c- coming yeah. around, so that that's going to be his uh, next task. But Grant, uh, he's a good one. When you look at it, Mr. Irrelevant, um, being a small small school guy coming from Houston and not really having a position, and played running back in college, linebacker, safety. But the thing about him, you know that he had a passion for the game. You see that hair flying down, running down <laughs> on kicks. and yeah, You're going to notice him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, without a doubt. And I was telling guys, like, when someone's like that that's been underestimated all their life and they still have an opportunity to play in the NFL, he's going to do it. I was like, watch, he's going to run down on any kickoff and make the first tackle. And it happened in the preseason. So you understand that he knows how to play the game and – he brings that energy. Uh, again, he's probably the captain on the, the, the boat rowing team, so we uh, love the energy he's bringing. That's awesome. We're talking inside linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. Um, taking on the Colts this next week, uh, they definitely are not the team of earlier this season that they seem to be. They started 0-3, but then now definitely coming into midseason form. Uh, watching film and starting to prepare for them, because I know now you guys do have a little bit of a short week, so I'm sure you're jumping right in. No, no rest for the weary. Um, what do you feel like you are noticing that has caused them to now be playing at a much higher level than it seemed like they might earlier in the year? Well, the first thing is the, quote, MVP of the league, the, the running back, Taylor. He's, uh, you know, five touchdowns. So you understand that they're committing to run the ball with him. 
and we know that's going to be a big focus. So just have to study him, understand what he likes to do, what they like to do, and come out there and try to stop it. What are some of the types of running backs that are maybe the hardest to face or, you know, that when you see guys having success, what are the, the types of guys that you think are going to be a tough go against your, your guys or a good matchup? What are, what are some of those distinguishing characteristics? Well, first off, with my two that I have right now, um, you know, just roll, roll them out there. Really, really, <laughs> doesn't really, matter really, who it yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. We'll, we'll be up to the challenge. But just in general, you have like downhill running backs that are more physical, want to run, get four yards of pop. Then you have the jitterbugs, the scat backs that will bounce the ball outside. So it's really we're able to handle both of them, and that's, a, that's what we get paid to do. So whoever they put out there, we'll go out there and we'll do our best to get it stopped. And how about Carson Wentz? What does uh, he bring to a game that will affect your guys? What are they going to have to be aware of with him? The thing, he's, he's a sneaky runner. You see him, uh, big body, being able to have mobility. So just have to understand that he can pull it down. He'll have some quarterback design runs and or when he scrambles, just understand that has a great arm, can throw it deep. So whatever he tries to do against us, we'll be ready for it and just go out there and do our best to stop it. And as uh, Coach Arian said after the game, you know, there's no place like home. Uh, you guys have had a lot of success at home. How are you guys trying to make sure that it translates more on the road? And, and have you seen anything as to why that might have been a difference? I think just uh, it's just been the luck of the draw, really. I don't think uh, we prepare any different going on the road. But, you know, now it's time for us to start getting our victories on the road. So take the show on the road. And it's uh, that time of year where you have to start stacking them. And we got our first one yesterday. And time to put two together and then finally any uh ways that you try to celebrate a holiday like thanksgiving when it's a you know a, a work day for you guys with with the guys in the team oh every day's a work day <laughs> <laughs> yes so thanksgiving just uh get up a little bit earlier and come in do exactly the same thing you do every week prepare then just uh get home spend time with the family sit in front of the tv eat a couple of good meals and you know, we'll be ready to go. Maybe make Grant Uber Eats you guys a pie <laughs> in the room. <laughs> awesome. Well, Coach, thanks so much for being with us. This has been awesome, and good luck this next week. Thank you. And thanks to all of you guys for tuning in to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Event Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.